Greetings, traveller. Welcome to Shoreline of Infinity Soundwave, the SF podcast that brings you some of the best interviews, stories, poetry, music, and in this episode, audio drama, this side of the Athena Stella Archipelago. And while the S in SF primarily means science, as in science fiction in Soundwave, we're also more than happy to allow it to stand for speculative as in speculative fiction, which can include, but is not limited to, the aforementioned science fiction, as well as fantasy, science fantasy, think of things like, um... things with spaceships and demons, basically, Event Horizon, Warhammer 40,000, that kind of thing, horror, utopian slash dystopian fiction, supernatural fiction, steampunk, alternate history, as well as any combinations of the above. What I'm taking a long time to say here is that our prose and poetry this week takes us either side of that greatest divide without an emphasis on science fiction. That divide between life and death. The poem The Grief of Apollo by Joe Walton and narrated by Izzy Hurahan leaves us with what's left behind following the final departure that we ever make, while Michael Fontana's story Purgatory, narrated by myself, gives us a noir-tinted vision of the divine holding pen. Our centrepiece is the audio drama Republic of David, which I don't really want to say too much about before you hear it, lest I spoil the impact, but when you do, you might see it as presenting some kind of completion of this through line, ending us with a kind of unbearable hell. The Noise Cartel, as well, have kindly opened their vaults to us and allowed us access to their back catalogue of artists to use in this podcast. So, I don't mean just this episode, I mean going forward, in in all episodes of Soundwave, until they revoke it when I say something awful by accident, and don't edit it out because I'm lazy. So, we're going to play out with some appropriately startling music, the cybernetic synths of dark wave maestro, Perturbator. But like I said, we're going to start off with that poetry. The Grief of Apollo by Joe Walton In memory of Marcia Sherman This poem is set in the universe of Joe's Thresselay trilogy. So much to teach, but still so much to learn. A star heart's fires, a symphony, a a leaf. The fierce, fiery, yearning leap of soul, creating, understanding, joy to burn. To comprehend so much, to, to know it whole even the hardest thing to handle. Grief. I spent eternity evading grief. With every strategy that I could learn to keep it out of reach, my friends still whole. Like readers who won't turn the final leaf, although they know the library must burn, as if they could preserve it in their soul. Mine is a glorious, immortal soul. And so I was more sabotaged by grief. When conflagration catches me, I burn. 
and I had no recourse. Was forced to learn, mortal, ephemeral as any leaf. When she I loved was taken from me whole. No moments of her left. Her life was whole, completed, gone. And though there was her soul whirling through Hades like a wind-blown leaf, I had to wait through hurricanes of grief. I couldn't reach her, couldn't even learn why she had wanted me to feel this burn. I am the sun. My nature is to burn as bright white day in lights, shining whole, illuminating all that helps to learn and, and laying bare the secrets of the soul, but not like this. Not smothered up in grief, autumnal trees that mourn for every leaf. As time goes on, turning another leaf, I found the revelation. Why we burn. For every mortal life must pass through grief. If we have loved at all, and to be whole, we have to dare to love. And from the soul, this was the lesson that was hard to learn. I love each dying leaf, each song. I'm whole. I burn as bright as stars and grow my soul. Grief still remains the hardest thing to learn. Promo time! Promo time! If you weren't aware, Soundwave is a podcast brought to you by the award-winning science fiction periodical Shoreline of Infinity, which is packed full of proper sci-fi words and occasionally wider SF writing. This isn't some glossy wipe clean, or the you probably could wipe it clean, to be fair, ephemeral tat mag full of articles like 30 things we're hoping for from Terminator Dark Fate, and the latest gossip about who or who may not be getting the sack from Doctor Who this week. No, it's full of wonderful stories and poetries like that which you've heard and are hearing in this episode, and uh, book reviews and uh, columns, award-winning columns no less. Issue 14 of Shoreline of Infinity is out now, and you can head over to the website shorelineofinfinity.com to pick up your copy. It's got stories by Kat Hellison, Ken McLeod, amongst others, a feature on Neil Williamson, articles by Ruth E.J. Booth and Pippa Goldschmidt, and Ruth's column, Noise and Sparks, is actually nominated for a BSFA award, don't you know? Shoreline of Infinity is in paperback, PDF, ebook, and Kindle editions. If you want it on a scroll, however, that's still being illuminated. You can get a fully illuminated version, but that is still with the scribe. Our next event horizon is at the Edinburgh International Science Festival, where we'll be looking at the role of science in science fiction and science fiction in science. You know, like them flippy communicators in Star Trek inspired mobile phones. 
Shoreline favourite Ken McLeod will be taking part, as will Rachel Armstrong, whose first novel, Origami, was one of Noel's favourite reads for 2018. We'll also have music and readings, as well as a Q&A session on the theme. Noel's also especially looking forward to Iterbium. Yes, that very consumer-friendly name they've chosen, Iterbium. If you want to search for it, yes, it's exactly how you imagine it's spelt. Y-T-T-E-R-B-I-U-M, which is uh, this year's EasterCon down near Heathrow Airport in London, England. So if you're going along, don't forget to say hello to the Shoreline of Infinity team in the dealer's room, which I'm told has nothing to do with casinos or drugs. We'll also be launching a couple of publications there. First of all, Watch the Signs, Watch the Signs by Preston poet Arthur Chappell. It is the story of SF, fantasy and horror related pub signs. So if you ever needed an excuse to go on a nationwide pub crawl, this is just the thing to justify it, not only to others, but yourself. Also, there's a practical guide to the resurrected. I've heard a story performed from this by Ben Blow. Uh, it's fantastic. It's a collection of medicine-inspired short fiction. Oh, Noel has just literally, literally mentioned Ben Blow now. Uh, mate, nah, I'm not editing this. Ben Blow read the title story last month at Event Horizon. That's where I heard it. Maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll see if that recording is good enough to put out on Soundwave, or, or possibly release it as a bonus episode for Patreons. We'll see. And you still have time to enter our short story competition for Scottish-based writers that we're hosting jointly with Chimera Genre Writing Festival. Again, consumer-friendly naming there. I, I did a search for Chimera Festival, and um, I was like, Chimera, no problem. C-H-I-M-E-R-A. Chimera. No, no. That's, that's just one of the possible spellings of Chimera. It's C-Y-M-E-R-A, C-Y-M-E-R-A, Genre Writing Festival. You have until the 31st of March. I sound right grumpy, don't I? I'm recording this in the morning. I've got a lot of audiobook work on from a day job. I'm stressed. Sometimes I get stressed, right? We all have off days. This is one of them. I'm not really grumpy. I, I delight in these weird names. I love it. But... You know, I'm just in a surly mood. I need to go on a dog walk, clear my head, listen to an audiobook. So, yeah, you've got until the 31st of March for 18-year-olds and over and the 28th of April for the 14 to 17-year-olds category. Details are on our website at shorelineofinfinity.com or at chimerafestival.co.uk. The head judges, check this out. Check this out. This is how influential we here at, uh, at Shoreline of Infinity are. Right, head judge, Noel Chidwick. Overtech Noel Chidwick. You may have heard of him. Judging the category 14 to 17-year-old, Laura Lamb. Interview coming up on Soundwave. Also, Eris Young. Interview coming up on Soundwave. And Charnock. Interview. Sorry, that's the Klingon pronunciation. Anne Charnock. Interview. Has been aired. Episode one of Soundwave. Neil will... No, we haven't got him. 
what we've got all but one of the judges here on Soundwave. That's pretty cool, right? That's I feel pretty good about that. Anyway, here's a story. Purgatory by Michael Fontana Read by R.J. Bailey Daniel hustled Adams on a street corner in Purgatory. The rush was to roll the bones, actual bones, and see if they came up your way to pick up some sweet Adams-like to alter your genetic structure. You know what I'm talking about. Young Adams, fresh off some new angel's skin, scraped free with an emery board and dropped into the tiniest of plastic bags, sealed with a bread tie for that extra freshness. Daniel hosted pockets full of little plastic bags like this, hectoring the forlorn and listless, rumbling down the streets and alleyways of purgatory. Purgatory smelled like pickle brine, in case you didn't know, just the kind of place you didn't want to land in for too long. The divine order was that you made your way there unbaptized, and hopefully some fine young missionary in Namibia or the like would bless the pagan babies so your head was numbered among those summarily blessed, making your way on to heaven or hell as the case and deserving might be. Daniel stood there a lapsed Catholic, you know the type, insufficient force of will to make and maintain the commitment to the lessons of the rosary. By faltering, he slicked his hair back in brill cream, donned his best camo overalls and paint-riddled boots, and began stomping the thoroughfares with the bones of some sore loser who had shed his skin to make the move on to hell, figuring 24-7 of harps being plucked was like a flipping nightmare rather than a solace. Anyway, I took him up on his gamble, slapping down a fin for a roll of the ulna, and losing every time because he had the bones rigged, Natch. He had took a paring knife and dug notches in the sides so he could command at what angle the bones would flop when tossed. I was the sucker who hedged his bets because I had nothing else to do down here regardless. I made my way into purgatory by swiping coins from the offering, on the one hand blessed and sacred in my bedtime prayers, on the other sacrilegious by swiping drops of pablum from the quivering lips of the poor. So I was no salt when it came to Daniel's game. I called him on it. This is for duffers. It's fair and square, he said slobbering the words like he had a jaw full of gobstoppers. He held the bones up to the light, and that was where by squinting I could see the work of the paring knife on the surfaces. Hand me back my fin, I said. I was taller than Daniel, scarlet-bearded, long-haired, glassy-eyed and thick of form, unlike him who was a relative twig. I wore my flannel shirt, my jeans, my snakeskin boots, and an amulet of a crawdad around my neck for point of emphasis. Handing you back nothing, he said, and packed up his goods like to hustle off to the next corner. I wasn't playing that. I took one of the bones and broke it in half, held the sharp edge to his bobbing Adam's apple, and waited for the sting of its application to register him to his senses. Be cool, he said, wriggling like an albacore inside my arms. I got the fin right here. I released him long enough for him to make like he was digging in his pocket. Then he bolted. The little twit was quicker than a starling climbing from a chimney top, 
down the street and around the corner with my fin still coolly nestled in his front pants pocket. I followed, but the light was dim, and I lost him in the shadows, which in purgatory swam around with electrical impulses in the air, like an aquarium full of eels. I reached around in the swamp of the amplified night. I even scattered my hands through a few garbage pails in sodden alleys, reeking of urine and eczema, only to come up buck empty. In time I played the patient game, and remained within the alley, eyes peering out for a sign of my nemesis. By daylight he returned to the scene of his hustle, like a stick pecking out a familiar melody on a xylophone. He laid out his bones, even the broken one, and made his come on to the wandering tatters of souls that hung out down that way. Step right up, buckaroos, step right up and fill your mitts with raw purgatory gold. I stepped up, smooth and silently, tapped him on the shoulder, and he turned just in time for my fist to make a folding parachute out of his face. He dropped to the ground and I pinned him there, knees on his forearms, the bulk of my bottom on his thighs, grifting around in his pockets in pretzel-like contortions of my arms and hands until I plucked the fin free. Then I stood up and offered him a hand, all gentlemanlike, so that he could return to standing as well. Why'd you help me up? he asked. Because we're all stuck in this hole they call purgatory. I won't let you rip me off, but on the other hand, I won't let you lay there like a broken dog waiting for the rumble of the street sweepers. Has to be a better fate than that for even you. Ain't no better fate coming for anyone down here, unless they make the prayer list at some come-to-glory parish back on Earth. Nobody praying for the likes of me, he said. None for me either, I said. Then what's to do? Break out them bones again, I said. He did. I held out the fin. The game began again. I really enjoyed that. It conjures up a deep world with its own workings and mechanisms in such a short amount of time. And I do like doing an accent as well. I originally did take a stab at it in my natural English accent, but the voice of the narrator is so strongly American it just sounded completely wrong. It, I, I would actually love to hear some more in that series within that universe, and I think purgatory is such a rich mythological concept to tell stories within. Now, earlier in the show, you heard me say the word Patreon. We have a Patreon, and if you're liking the podcast and would like to hear more at a higher quality. Uh, not that this is bad quality, but you know, I've got my eye on a shiny piece of software called Isotope RX7. You can help out a little by supporting us and joining the Stella Conlater Guild over on Patreon. If you join at the rank of Chrono Receptor, then you'll receive episodes one week early. Just think, you could have listened to this last week when it was more convenient and just ruined it for everyone on internet forums. If you join at the rank of Receptor in Terrorlist, then not only do you get those episodes a week early, you also get access to full-length Sonic Space interviews, sometimes twice as long as the abridged versions aired on the episode available to the public. With that kind of hidden insider knowledge, you can fulfil your wildest dreams of being a condescending gatekeeper, lording it over all the lesser sci-fi enthusiasts. But if you are pursuing that dream to its fullest, don't forget to forget to shower. 
Just head over to Patreon and search for Shoreline of Infinity Group. Okay, we're going to close out the show with our audio drama and then use the Perturbator track, Perturbator's Theme, from the 2014 album Dangerous Days. Perturbator is sadly not the artist's birth name. That would be James Kent. He started out as a black metal guitarist who switched over to dark synthwave, getting his genre-free attitude from his parents, one of which being the rock critic Nick Kent. His parents very admirably gave him a Pantera album at the age of three, well before any of the racist furor surrounding lead singer Phil Anselmo happened, obviously, and then he got a guitar at the age of 11 once they were certain he'd got a good understanding of the basics of heavy metal. After learning Tool and Slayer riffs, which can be pretty bloody hard, might I add, he began writing, not that I play, I mean, I, they sound complex, I have a guitar, I, 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 I can play Smoke on the Water, and, um, like, just the riff, you know, and um, Iron Man by Black Sabbath, and they are, that's what everyone can play on a guitar. Anyway, he began writing his own music after that. However, his parents' synth collection was calling to him, and he started playing the keyboard with a metal and cyberpunk attitude. His debut EP was 2012's Night Driving Avenger, and he was able to astonishingly release two full albums that year as well, Terra 404 and I Am The Night. Fans of hilariously violent indie retro-styled video games may also recognise his sounds on the soundtracks to 2012's Hotline Miami and its 2015 sequel Hotline Miami 2 Wrong Number. The song we'll be using as the closing credits to Republic of David, Perturbator's theme, is from the concept album Dangerous Days, which tells the story of a religion using technology to indoctrinate followers. And this story, if you want to hear more of it, was continued in the 2016 concept album, The Uncanny Valley. But first, starring Jonathan Whiteside, with sound design and production by me and production by Noel Chidwick, we have Republic of David. If you want to get in touch with Soundwave or would like to sponsor this podcast, we, because we love money, simply set, we're not like horrible capitalists. We we just like we don't worship it. We just money allows us to do this kind of thing, you know, and produce what I hope you will think is very good sci-fi audio content for yourself. Anyway, if you we we would like if you want to give us some money, that'd be grand. Um, just email RJ Bailey at shorelineofinfinity.com or tweet me at RJ Bailey. Links will be in the show notes. Until next time, traveller, I'll see you in the sound wave. Your journey will begin soon. A new beginning. A new world. see you, David. You look nervous. A little. First time? Yeah, I've been putting it off for a while. There's nothing to worry about. Now, just a few final forms to sign.
What's this about hallucinations? Oh, don't worry about that. The technology is perfectly safe these days. That's just for the insurers. Great. Have you got anyone waiting for you? My wife and children went ahead by finished some things at this end. Well, you'll be seeing them soon. Hello? Hello? Help. Hello? a lot. Drink this. Who are you? I'm David. But I'm David. Can't we both be? Sorry, I'm running a little late. What the hell is happening? I'm David. It's nice to meet you. This isn't real. I'm David. Me. We don't disagree with you. Why don't you come and have a seat again? We can explain everything. Don't worry. I'm completely real. 100% David. Do you remember where you were before this? I was being transported to one of the new colonies. Good. Go on. I had a new job out there. My family went ahead while I sorted some things out. Perfect. But that doesn't explain anything. It doesn't explain you. No, you're right. The machine that brought you here developed a fault. It got stuck in a loop. Six hours after the first David arrived, it created another one. Six hours after that, it did it again. And it never stopped. Why don't you turn the machine off? 
Good question. One, we're not sure that we can. Two, even if we could, we decided against it. We run a democracy of sorts here. One David, one vote. This is ridiculous. It's a lot to take in. Where are my family? I want to see them. You can, in a way. I can breathe. Yes, we've made good progress. The atmosphere is almost Earth-like. To? You know where. The streets, it's just the same pubs, Mexican restaurants, outdoor shops. No call for much else. David United versus David City. Terrible you enjoying result. your new job, David? Thanks, David. Yeah, I am. Did you have great. lunch today, David? Oh, just the usual. Go for a Mexican tonight. Yeah, Mexican <laughs> tonight. Brilliant. Did you hear the one about the three Davids that walked into a bar? Yeah. What's boring. that? Sorry, I'm I getting a bit deaf. You see that new comes David. to us all, David. You heard the new David haircut on him. It's really good. Did you vote for David or David? Not just for the Davids. I think we should be independent. Where is everyone else? You mean the other colonists? Some of them stuck around, but most of them left. You can see why, I suppose. This is a world for Davids now. Gypsophilia. They're my wife's favourites. We know. We know. I'm sorry. Sorry for what? There, by the edge of the roof garden. Great. <gasps> How? We're not sure, but we know they all lived long lives. What do you mean? That's impossible! Come on, David. There have been many Davids before you, and there will be many Davids after you. This is bullshit! I'm still in the machine. I'm 
going to wake up and I'll be there and I'll see them. Listen, David, we know it's difficult to accept. You don't want to do this. David. Hi, it's David. I'm afraid we've had another jumper.
Soundwave was written and presented by director Overtech Verbistech Loquinist Voxtect, RJ Bailey, and co-produced by RJ Bailey and Overtech Noel Chidwick. Music by Tunetect, Alex Storer. Story and poem curated by Verbis Curate Voxtects, Debbie Cannon and Jonathan Whiteside. The Grief of Apollo, written by Joe Walton, narrated by Voxtect, Izzy Hurahan, and produced by RJ Bailey. Purgatory, written by Michael Fontana, narrated and produced by RJ Bailey. Republic of David, written by Anton Rose, adapted for audio by Jonathan Whiteside. David was played by Jonathan Whiteside. Technician, played by Voxtect, Danielle Farrow. Loudspeaker, played by RJ Bailey. Sound design by R.J. Bailey. Co-produced by R.J. Bailey and Noel Chidwick. Perturbator's theme by Perturbator from the album Dark Days, courtesy of The Noise Cartel. 66.6% of the psychic energy generated by this podcast will be donated to the survivors of the 236th Greygast Cyclin Intersector War Fund.